are a little bit loose, a little bit unstrung, and they've probably had a few beers beforehand. Please welcome Matt Crummins and Tom Fancy Pants Putt with yet another episode of Matt and Tom's Excellent Adventure. We need to come up with a nickname for you. Yeah. I think I'm... I, I feel like that's true, but you know what? People have tried for years to come up with nicknames, and the, the best I've got is Crumo, but that's kind of my brother. I don't know. Really? Yeah. Oh, you don't want to be thinking of your brother when they call you that nickname, though. No. Gosh. I often just look behind me like, oh, who are you talking to? <laughs> yeah, is he here? Yeah. How old's your brother? Uh, oh, good question. Like two, two well, years older, older than me. Two, older, uh, than... older, but he's... Um, he's re- More immature. His hairline's receding quite a bit, so he, he looks substantially older. Does he really? Yeah. Wiser. What does he do for crust? Uh, so he actually, he is, um, he works for Adidas in the Netherlands, but he is an ex-runner um, and really? uh, he's now married. Professional to, athlete. Professional, was a professional athlete and now is, yeah. works for Adidas and is married to Susan Crummins now, um, who is number 13 in the world for 10K, I think it is, or eighth in the world. I anyway, told me this story yeah. before and I think I've actually Googled her or him and, and yeah. done a little bit of due diligence. So far more successful and um, famous than what I am. No, that's, um, you, you know what? You're successful in my eyes, darling. Yeah, well, you know, that's the important thing, I guess, isn't it? That's, yeah. <laughs> don't don't worry about what mummy and daddy think. <laughs> <laughs> just what Tom thinks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, welcome to another episode of Matt and Tom's excellent podcast. And uh, we've just been, you know, just chewing the fat for a, a couple of minutes there as an informal introduction to the podcast. But episode number three, welcome Matt Crummins. Pretty excited about today because I think whilst we're all feeling a bit down and out, I am looking up and I think that we've got some awesome ways to share how to look up with you. Awesome. Let's do that today. Uh, it is interesting times, certainly. Uh, we were just talking about friends who are traveling and exploring and photographing down in Tassie, Cam Blake, one of them, mm. a fellow workshop leader from the Bright Festival of Photography. And how good would it be just to be able to jump in your car and head off somewhere? It's something that we've taken for granted so often, and yet now we can't go ahead and do it. The thing is, though, it actually didn't make me feel any better seeing him do that in Tassie. So I'm wondering whether sitting inside my beautifully warm, <laughs> perfectly even temperature, 21 degree home, watching it hail outside was similar enough to being at the snow that I could just go, hey, you know what? I'm practically there and I'm at least warm. So maybe it, we've got it better. Like, I know. think you could probably, yes, uh, equate it to perhaps being up at the snow and rather than let's go for a final sort of couple of runs at three in the afternoon... Let's just pour ourselves a drink and sit in the hot tub on the veranda and watch everybody else shiver their asses off. Is that what you're saying? I reckon, honestly, every single time I've ever been to the snow, I love the snow, by the way, but if it was this time in the afternoon, I would be sitting at that bar on the top of the mountain going, how do I get down? (laughs) Why doesn't that surprise me? Yeah. Are you in your bath for this podcast, Matt, or not? So. Um, that was actually the plan, but Ooh. but I did think about whether or not people might find that awkward hearing my splishing, splashing um, in the background. Um, Brings but, up all sorts of visual, um, you know, ideas or imagery that we don't need, doesn't it? I just think that it's, you know, when it comes to being in, in lockdown, obviously we've got to do what you've got to do. And look, if you're lucky enough, I'm going to say, to still be working in your current workplace, fantastic. If you're not... Um, 
treat yourself a little bit. Don't be hard on yourself. This doesn't have to be, um, you know, it doesn't have to be a, a moment of your most fine productivity. This can actually be a time to to relax, indulge a little bit if you can, and reflect. And yes. um, and and you know what? In a way, we can't do anything about it. So let's work together, have a laugh, and get on with it. It's an interesting point, isn't it? I mean, you can choose one of two ways. You can get angry and upset and uh, disappointed and all those other adjectives around the situation that we're in, but we can only control what we can control. And uh, for me personally, um, I've tried not to focus on that at all. I mean, there's been all sorts of things that we haven't been able to do this year that we would have liked to have done, Mm. you know, workshops being one of them. And all sorts of things that we've missed out on, you know, the Bright Festival of Photography not taking place this year in its uh, offline or should Mm. we say physical format, which we'll get onto in a second. But in the end, I've just tried to keep myself busy by doing other things and saying, well, this is a unique opportunity to do things that I wouldn't have time to do otherwise, which a lot of it is working on my business and and future planning and uh, putting together online courses and stuff like that. And... uh, and so it's not quite relevant to the audience who perhaps just wants to get out and take more photographs. But well, um, I do, I gotta say know, I'm still being creative. So that's what I'm, my point is. I'm still finding ways to be creative. It's just not in a photography sense. Yeah, but also there's, you know, there's something else that's really magical about what you've been doing. And I think I've been doing it too. I just don't put mine on Facebook because I'm not that vain. <laughs> um, is that... You know, your your something about Mary household. It's like watching the oh, first God. season of Big Brother. Um, that's <sighs> that's the first point. Um, <laughs> like more like Sylvania Waters. Yeah, but not not the current the current seasons. It's not not there yet. It's it's right. not it's not not as sexual as the current seasons. But the first one was all a bit of a laugh. But you know what? God. If you if you just let yourself be a little bit ridiculous every now and then. It actually brings so much joy. You know, I was just, um, I know this This is not because I've had a few drinks already, but I was just <laughs> marching around the house with a postage bag on my head a second ago. Um, yeah, wearing it like a like a bobby hat, like, you know, the the, really? guard, the National Guards in the uh, okay. UK, National Guards. Just, just having a bit of fun. Like, why not? Yes. What's, you know, you can only laugh at yourself and, um, and, you know, if you take it all too seriously, things do get... Maybe we like should that. put a challenge out to the podcast audience out there that it's they have healthy. to... They have to do one thing a day that would be, you know, considered a little bit silly. Yeah, we could put like the the the. We could put a challenge up. Yeah, like we could the put re- a challenge up. There, yeah, there is that. There is for those who don't know, uh, just a little bit of housekeeping. There is a group on Facebook that you can join in order to be part of the Matt and Tom podcast community. So just jump onto Facebook and. Uh, click on uh, the search bar there and type in Matt and Tom's excellent podcast. You'll find it there. We will put the links in uh, all of the descriptions here for these podcasts that get uploaded to Podbean and iTunes, etc. So keep an eye out for that link as well. And and so we'd love to um, see the silly things that you get up to, perhaps if you're uh, vain enough, as Matt has just um, labelled me, to uh, put that up online, feel free to do so. Matt. Yeah. Important question. Mm. BFOP, you are, you know, the you are what shall we say? Neck deep. The king the king Pooba. You are the one that everyone bows to. Nick Fletcher thinks he has something to do with it, but really doesn't. He's sort of like your little minion. Ooh. And so um, tell me uh, from an authoritative voice, how <clears throat> are things going there at BFOP? And uh, I know you 
put the tickets on sale the other day. How are yeah. they selling? Uh, really good. We've got uh, about 100 people who have so far generously uh, decided that they would give us a chance. <laughs> <laughs> they, um, they, they are very trustworthy, aren't they, these people? Mm, they yes, yes. Wow. I, it gives me faith in humanity hearing that. But um, So that's great news, I guess. Um, the even better news, though, is that this has turned out to be, I think, better almost this year than if we could have run it in person. And I, I know this sounds Stop silly. It. Why? Why do you say that? Come on, you have to justify that comment. All right. So this is like the the top couple of reasons. So the first one is that we've actually had people from all over Australia buy tickets, which means that for the first time, BFOP has gone national. We've put Bright on the map. Forget (laughs) Autumn. BFOP is what everyone's like, oh, what's Bright? And then they go and research and they're like, oh, my gosh, that's associated with this amazing festival. So so I feel like we've put Bright on the map, which is great, even though we're not even there this year. Um, That's amazing. The second part to it is that it has really um, given our instructors an opportunity to think outside the box and do things that they could never actually do in that one or two hour slot that you get at Bright. So, um, you know, we know that Cam is doing the Cam Cam uh, all around Tasmania. <laughs> um, we've already got yeah. his theme song going. Is a Cam? Can we watch the Cam Cam? Can we watch? Anyway, it goes on and on and on, and it's on repeat as well for a uh, oh on, on Spotify. Um, right. We've got Download Dennis. that one today. Okay. Dennis is already committed to getting into his budgie smugglers and going swimming in the ocean with light painting oh, tools. Perfect. Um, perfect. For, for workshops. That that's not the first time I've seen him in his budgie smugglers. By no, way. no. It, it, every oh, time yeah. I close my eyes, it's still <laughs> burned into my retinas. Yeah. yeah, just think of the red foo, you know, video. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what's it called? What's it called? Uh, what's that song? What's it, uh, I'm sexy and I know it. Oh Just God. don't Google that. Don't oh. Google the the YouTube video for that song. Okay. No, don't, don't, do don't, don't. But also, no, don't touch it. wet paint. You know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so right. he's uh, he's doing that, and um, and our other he's instructors. Some are in rural areas. Some are in lockdown areas. But the cool thing is that we've got this chance to do all these this variety of activities. Um, that, that you would never get exposure to and um, all in one spot. So I'm actually pretty excited. And to be honest, you know the most exciting thing? What's that? BFOP is now going to be the last four days of Victoria's official lockdown, which means that if you want one thing to look forward to, if you want one light at the end of the tunnel, one massive thing to celebrate, mm-hmm. our Sunday afternoon barbecue, which we're going to be doing <laughs> virtually, you know, that our wrap-up session, our, yeah. our after-party, is wow. basically this celebration of Victoria's amazing success. And I'm, I'm pretty stoked about that. That is awesome. Yes, certainly something you look forward to. Absolutely. So, I, but, you, you just, you've just alerted me to something that I hadn't considered up until now. <laughs> that you're busy that, that weekend? Or? <laughs> <laughs> that mum's cooking a lamb roast. That I was going to get out with my drone and do a workshop like that and well, as, yet, long, as long as your drone's within five kilometers of your house and, and i'm doing it within an hour and i look like i'm exercising at the same time that i'm doing all the instruction <laughs> well couldn't you just That's, fly it from the you could actually have a bath and fly the drone from your bath you'd be I that could, close to the peninsula couldn't you? you could do some aerial I photography could, without leaving the bath i've had drones fly over the house so yep yeah. i think some there's some people out there who are doing it from home so why yeah. not That's it. You, get a, you, you might even be able to get your bunnings sausage <laughs> well, they they stopped that long time ago. The, mm. the, well, the Bunnings, you can't even go and visit there now. You've got to do the click and collect. I mean, what's the world coming to? That's it. When A, you can't go to Bunnings, let alone get yourself a sausage. And honestly, really? not even worth living. But <laughs> tough, tough times call for 
desperate measures. And I tell you what, what are our desperate lucky. measures? What are we going to well, be doing in the meantime? Well, I think you've just got to create your own Bunnings barbecue at your house. <laughs> if you don't have a barbecue, this is what I recommend you do: dig a hole in in the middle of your lawn. Do it safely, of course. Get a few sticks off a nearby tree, preferably dead ones. They'll burn better. And just put together a little fire and get yourself some sausages when you're down at the supermarket next, and off you go. This is a typical. Get, get yourself. You know, a that bit is the most wet, stale, soggy. You know, bread. Wrap it up in a napkin that hopefully sticks to the bread, and uh, and you know, put two dollars or three dollars in a jar and give that to charity and say, there you go. I've just had my Bunnings experience. So that is the most That's typical genius. landscape photographer answer to that question that I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Something that could have been as simple as put a snag on the barbecue. You've managed to now go and dig a hole, build dig a fire, a go yeah. to Coles, come back from Coles, all for a crappy sausage when you, you could have just cooked it on the barbecue. And landscape photographers, oh. you guys are absolutely typical of getting We're bogged very... down in the details and making things really complicated. <laughs> We're very inventive. So, yeah. We're very inventive. We're very good like that. We we know our survival techniques are strong. Let's just say that much. So tell me, um, in terms of being inventive, <laughs> like, let's get back to the actual topic. Being oh, in- let's deliver some value today. Yeah. That, that would be unusual. Like, so, okay, let's do that. If let's make the next half an hour <laughs> worthwhile listening to. 30 minutes in and we have talked rubbish. I did think I mentioned a camera once, but what are people going to oh. do for the next six weeks? What can what can we do? How inventive can you be to occupy yourself from a photography perspective for the next six weeks? That is the absolute question today that we need to answer. Well, my stuff is boring and I really liked what you had to say to me before we started recording. You were talking about putting... Um, I don't know, tracing paper over the top of, or baking paper over the top of a flash and doing all sorts Mm. of things with it. I mean, tell us more, Matt. Yeah, okay. Well, I will start then, if you want to throw that responsibility (laughs) at me. Um, You've got to do some of the heavy lifting at some stage, Matt. Come on. (laughs) Well, so lockdown brought around a huge amount of people putting content online saying like photography at home, you know, experiments and yada, 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 and all these things that you could do. And they were all really great. Um, but I reckon that you've probably done all of them by now. Um, you know, you've probably We've had a six-week sort of practice run at this, haven't we? <laughs> That's exactly right. So, and another three weeks on top of that. So really, we've had about nine or ten weeks so far. So we do need to come up with something a little bit more uh, unusual, perhaps. Well, I don't want unusual. It's nice. Yes, no, I like it. It's I'm going to go. I'm going to move away from these really specific examples that people are giving at the moment. So I see oh. people going like, you know, get drops of ink and put them in water or oil or milk or whatever it is that people do these days and you know shoot macro and take pictures of this and take pictures of that and they're really good don't get me wrong you get some wicked photos you will learn a lot through it i'm not dissing it but i am saying that everyone's probably gone through all the tutorials and how to's on that my suggestion for you is that I am going to put my confident hat on and say that this is our last lockdown so you will be able to go out and actually be a free spirit after this and now that you've had some experience playing around, the novelty's out of the way, why not spend the next six weeks learning about some actually seriously useful things in photography that you can implement into not just household photography, but when you get out there, as soon as you start running for those hills, what is it that you can do? And my suggestions are to start understanding light. You know, not Ooh. not through like, you know, uh, taking fancy shots with necessarily flashes or anything like that, but understanding what does soft light look like? What does hard light look like? How do shadows cast? How do shadows look natural? You know, we were doing a tutorial the other day on one of my my Matt's mob group things and um, 
I've been talking about how to add like sort of, I'm going to call them artificial highlights um, into like a landscape scene to kind of pop areas to get your eye to move around it and stuff. And if you understand how light works or how light looks, you know what's realistic and what's maybe not realistic. And so the more that you can get, you know, this could be as simple as getting some baking paper, making a big baggie of it. So like a, you know, quite a big, um, like almost like a, maybe better use a plastic bag even. Put it over your lamp so it's quite puffy, big soft light. And look at the way that the light falls against another object. You know, move mm. it around and see how that shadow moves around, how you can create these different shapes. Because when you go to a landscape or a portrait or I don't care what the genre is, shadows are everything in my opinion. Because you can have as much light as you want, but without shadows, it's flat. So um, yes. if you learn how that light works and you can spend a little bit of time playing with some baking paper or a bag, it just needs a desk lamp or a torch, grab some objects, move it around, see how that falls. I think you're going to be a better photographer. Does one need a fire extinguisher or a full bucket of water on hand for this experiment to work? Well, it depends if you want to move on to long exposure light painting afterwards, really. I was saying just uh, earlier on, I was, I was talking, talking to, about having tracing paper over the top of a lamp. I'm like, uh, no, bake, bake, no, not tracing. Use baking paper. Baking paper is oh, meant to be hot. Yeah, baking of course, paper. of course. Excuse I was saying, me. Um, I'm sorry. Well, I'm be- I'm glad we clarified that for the listeners out there that might have just reached for some of their kiddies' tracing paper. Do people ever use tracing paper these days? Or not? I thought that was baking paper, to be honest. But yeah, right. Well, maybe it's a fancy way of calling it these days. Back when I was at school, which was probably a lot, you know, before iPads. Time to go. Well, yeah. before you were born. Yeah. 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 Anyway, go on. You were talking about something else. No. Well, the other one. I, I rudely interrupted. I did, um, we had a bit of a discussion a little bit earlier. I was talking to Dennis Smith, um, one of our famous and amazing light painters, and we were saying that if you want to recreate lightning photography, um, that's actually quite easy to do at home as well, although not recommended at all. So just for the record, do not recommend doing this. But if you stick a fork in the microwave. Do not try this at home, kiddies. (laughs) Okay? Just a word of warning before Matt goes into the details. Don't rush to get a pen and paper and write these steps down. This is just something for your ears. You don't practice it at home. No. Go on. No, I was just. Oh, I, I just. I um. You uh. You what stick. You, you stick a fork in the microwave for about two <laughs> minutes, and uh, you get lightning. Um. And so. <laughs> and you blow up your microwave. As I said, out of your kitchen. I didn't say to do it. I'm just saying that that apparently, it's, apparently, apparently, if, apparently. If you, apparently, if you do that, perhaps YouTube at first and see some other idiot who might have done it. Yeah, that's and, it. And just and just marvel at their stupidity. <laughs> You know, my granddad, he's he turned 100 in May. And, Is he still around? Yeah. And just last That's year, awesome. we were talking to him at Christmas and he was telling us, he's a, he's a battle axe, like nothing is going to get to this guy. Um, right. He was telling us that he was trying to fish some something out of the toaster and he stuck a fork in the toaster to get it out and he actually got mm. electrocuted and he was 99 when it happened and he just sort of laughed it off like, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just thinking, oh, we're so screwed. Like humanity is screwed. If he's doing that and laughing, but, you know, we, we get like... 99 years of old. Had he not been told when he was nine years old that that's not a good thing to do? Oh, he didn't care. He was just like, oh, yeah. And it sort of went boom. And I was like, okay, yeah. right, fair enough then. And I'm just thinking to myself like, yeah, someone would be sued if that happened to a 20-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Anyway, but right. so, so you were talking about describing and 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 appreciating light. Yeah, appreciating that's, light. That's a, so I think that that's yeah. important. I think there's some other technical stuff that you can look into. But um, the next stuff's probably more technical that I want to talk about. So do, what about you? Have you got any ideas that people can use to learn more general concepts at home? Not just like I managed to get a great water droplet shot, but 
something you can implement maybe elsewhere. Stuff that you could practice at home. Or learn mm. or learn well, at home. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what I was saying to the uh, to the guys the other day on my uh, Tom's Tribe Facebook group. Please look that up if you're interested. Is that I was talking about the fact that we do only have an hour a day to exercise, but why not take your camera with you in that hour? Mm. I mean, you probably wouldn't take your camera with you when you go for a, a little walk around the block or anything anyway, but I think we need to just, if, you, if you're desperate to get out there and to practice your creativity and express yourself in that way, which I'd certainly encourage you to do, nothing wrong with throwing your camera over your shoulder and just saying, well, I'm going to go for a brisk walk, but uh, I'll have a, I would encourage you to take a mid-range zoom lens on. Don't carry your big, you know, 400 mil 2.8 that weighs 10 kilos. Although that would Don't might, take you <laughs> wide either, I wouldn't have suggest. If you've got a mid-range zoom, like a 24 to 105, that's an all-purpose lens. That means that if you see something that you like that needs a wide-angle lens, you've got that. And then if you want to zoom in a bit because there's an interesting detail in the landscape or something else, you've got that option as well. I would say, though, that um, if you do take your 400mm lens, it's maybe not the worst idea because if you do get pulled over, you can claim that it's weights training. <laughs> so <laughs> I had a 400mm 2.8 lens that was cost me 20 grand back in 1998. Mm. It weighed 9 kilos out of the box and 13 kilos in the box, and it, I travelled all around Australia with it. Jesus Christ, it was like my right hand for for three or four years while I was a professional sports photographer. It was a beast. There's one beast. sitting under my desk as we speak and it has Is not, it really? Yeah, it's not seen Have the you got light a four hundred two eight? I do. It's my pride and joy lens, but it's not seen the light of day since lockdowns. So um, What what do you use that for in your uh career, Matt? Um mostly um selfies. Um <laughs> <laughs> Right, okay. It's With really a slave detailed. unit. So really you can stand detailed. about ten meters back and yeah. just pick your nose and get photos of it. I like the lens compression that you get from it. So. Yeah, yeah. It just flattens your features and makes you look just so youthful, darling. It brings my ears out, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, no, I use that for my wildlife photography. It's uh it was it was a purchase for my Africa trip last year and um yeah, really love it. But yeah. it is so a you're a you're a what brand is that? That's a Nikon. Right. Mm, yeah. But right. It, it's, uh, don't get me wrong, I hate it as much as I love it. So, uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. You've got a love hate relationship with it. But what's interesting what you say. It sleeps next to your bed and then other times it's in the cupboard. Is I that have, what you're well, I actually use it. You know how when you get, you know, <laughs> kids, no, not in the bedroom, um, but, you know, kids. Um, say, Laura probably doesn't want to hear this. <laughs> the height charts, you know, like you have the, you mark the people, you know, kids' height yes. as they grow. So at the yeah. moment, because Isla's too small to stand up, I'm actually just lying her down next to that lens. And, and oh. working out how, how tall she's grown from that as my reference. Clever. So if you like, Clever. team, I might post a photo of that into the, uh, the group into there. Into the group. Yeah, I I'm, think you should. She I freaking think hated it, but yeah. <laughs> every, every, so every month until she's 12 months, take a photo, and then 18 months, take a photo, and then every year after that, her lying on the floor next to the lens. Yeah, that's it. Until she's 18. Yeah, forget banana She'll for scale. For that. Nikon 400 2.8 <laughs> for scale, yeah. Um, nice and accessible. Banana. I use a banana for scale for other things, but it's probably not for this podcast. Mm, but anyway, that gets weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what I will say, though, you're, you're, I like your idea about taking your camera out on a walk because so in our area, I'm out in Essendon, and don't mm. get me wrong, we get a lot of, you know, we've got quite a bit of space, lots and lots of parks. It's quite nice. But um, we're normally limited to, the, you know, the white cockies. 
Um, and I'm not a yes. bird expert. You are, so you're going to have to correct I, me on I, this. I, but yes, um, yes, the feathered variety, of feathered course. Feathered ones. Yep. Um, so mm. the ones that the, the, the sulfur crested are they? The yellow, yellow mohawk ones. If they've got a yellow comb, they're called mm. a sulfur crested cockatoo. The ones without are little corellas that have invaded the suburbs in more recent years. Oh. Well, mm. guess what invaded our suburb since lockdowns in March? We Tell have me. a massive, massive, massive flock of the. Is it the yellow tail? black cockatoos oh they are brilliant i There's love them about a hundred of them i reckon and they have fly you got around. pine trees nearby you uh we do we've got lots yeah, of parks and they are just really on the pine cones there's this one yeah. flock and they go every 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 time we're out for a walk almost we see them in one of the parks and yeah. um it is actually probably the most amazing opportunity to do some bird photography i should probably think about being less lazy about that so <laughs> I, I like your tip well you would know them from their very distinctive call as well they make that very eerie Call. They talk to one another while they're flying. Can you give us an? Ooh, a, like that, yeah. That yeah, sounds no, like that, was that sounds like Isla at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's still got a very soft cry. Just wait until she grows up a bit. Oh no, that, that's what it sounds. Done. That sounds like what it sounds like when the doors shut. Yeah. Right. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's the muffled three rooms across sound. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. What well, uh, Matt? Some other things. Have you got anything else on your list there of things that people can do during this lockdown period? I do, and I'm going to put a shameless self promotion in here. Oh, um, go. Okay, so I have a. We're all up for that. I think we all, all of us photographers talk about making online courses and that's great. Um, I have only got four online courses available. Um, I've got a beginner's Lightroom, an advanced Lightroom, but I also have two others that I think are really useful. They're really, they're, I think they're rel- I think they're very cheap for what they are. Uh, not cheap as in like, you know. Like, cheap and nasty. Yeah, just cheap as in like, <laughs> they're, they're, yeah, they're anyway. Great value value that's the word i always forget that word yeah Um, it's far for what you're spending you're going to get far greater value that's right they should be they should be three thousand dollars each but instead today only for podcast listeners they are uh i actually don't remember what (laughs) they are worth on the website but they're not expensive they're like sub 20 dollars. they're not we're not talking about expensive courses right so dirt cheap but um i've got a histograms course it's about mm. 40 minutes long and I've also got a light metering modes course. And these are two things that I kid you not must be the most frustrating things I ever come across. When I see people taking amazing photographs, they've got an eye for it. They've got an awesome kit. They're out in the right spot. But then they come back and they're like, oh, the sky's a bit blown out. Mm. One or two things happens. Firstly, I go, did, why didn't you look at your, your histogram? And they're like, oh, I did in Lightroom. <laughs> Not really yeah, understanding the translation of, of how it works. Yeah. yeah. And then the second thing that often happens is I look at their camera and they're shooting landscapes with spot metering. And when I ask them why, usually the answer, sadly, and I know some people are going to get really furious at me for this, but some Ooh. idiot at the camera club decided oh. to tell them. No, I'm going to say idiot at the camera club because it's the most ridiculous <laughs> thing you can tell a person is, oh, you should put it on spot metering mode. And it's like there are definitely times that that's true. I'm not denying yes. that. But if you've got someone learning photography, if there's one way you want to screw with them, it's, yep. it's, it's like the nastiest thing you can do to someone learning photography is put spot metering mode because on. I would have said because probably one out of 10 times that would be appropriate, yet nine-tenths of the time evaluative metering is going to be the way to go. So why not go with the majority rather than the minority? Well, it's because Barry at the camera club told me not to. <laughs> Barry. That's why. <laughs> Sorry, if there's any Barry's listening, Barry. stop it. Just stop it. <laughs> stop it. Get us in trouble. Quick, ring the lawyers. <laughs> so 
So I've got some short courses on that. And I think that that's, again, I love learning things that you can do at home right now. But what I really love is is keeping in mind, all of us need to keep in mind that this is a temporary situation. So let's put some energy into not just what's happening today, but what can we do today that's going to pay us dividends tomorrow? And that dividend is going to be, you're going to be a much better photographer for knowing those two things. 100%. Now, Matt, where would people go in order to find those courses you just talked about, please? We'll we'll pop some links, uh, including the Tom's Tribe stuff down in the podcast details. But um, Mm -hmm. it is mattcrummensphotography.com.au. Crummins, you can see the spell. Oh, no, you can't actually. It's K-R-U-M-I-N-S, one M and a K. One M and a K. Crummins with a K. Mm. Uh, Yes, photography.com.au. Just Google Matt Crummins you know, world-famous photographer slash BFOP organizer, and you will find him on Google, that's for sure. Yeah, that's it. And, and if you want to add male model in there, you could you could do that. Oh, um, <laughs> male gigolo. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Google Boy, doesn't have to pick up all the terms. <laughs> right, okay, okay. Uh, so you've got some things yeah, as man. well, right? So that's, uh, I, I that's do have a couple list. of other things. Yeah, look, um, I like the idea of being able to fiddle around on the computer because I do love spending time in front of the computer. And so... I like the idea of perhaps sorting out your Lightroom library. Oh, you know, God. all got a Lightroom library that needs some sort of attention. It's like the junk. never had the time. Isn't it like the junk room <laughs> for a lot of people? It's just kind of like, still, don't open that door. You know, yeah. what, about, what about the number of missing photos that you've got in your Lightroom catalog <sighs> that you probably just have to delete oh, and re-import? Tom. That would you, probably be my suggestion. Can you tell me delete something? Delete them and re-import them. So Go I'm going to ask you for a Lightroom, uh, a Lightroom tip here. Um, and I know there's a way to do this, but to be honest, off the top of my head, I can't even think about it, what it is. Um, okay. You know how in Lightroom, for those who use Lightroom, um, mm-hmm. you can obviously select uh, all photographs under the catalog tab. So on the yes. library page, right? And then you can use your yep. metadata filters and text filters and all that attributes and stuff like that. Yes. Is there a way to show all missing files? Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. It's right in there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me just fire up my Lightroom because I need to give you the right path in which to take. Because that's a pretty handy oh, yeah. thing to know, I reckon. Because I, rec- oh. I, I know there's a lot of cool ways to sort data, but missing yes. files, you're right, there's nothing more frustrating than having missing files in a catalogue because it's, it's a tease, yeah. isn't it? Especially if it's a good uh, photo. And if, if, so let's just give a little bit of backstory as to why you might have missing photos in Lightroom because when you imported your photos into Lightroom, either directly from the camera or after that, fact Lightroom can't find where you originally wanted to put those photos or where you originally decided to store those photos so say you had an external hard drive which you should always do Mm. you should never be storing your photographs on your computer because at the end of the day computers die or they get stolen god forbid out of the house if it's a laptop you drop it next thing you know hard drive's dead right you've lost your photos so I'm always encouraging my workshop participants to go out and buy multiple hard drives and the two, four terabyte Western digital hard drives are the ones I use. Um, they don't have an external power source, so they're very easy just to plug into a USB port on your computer and they're cheapest chips. You know, four terabytes cost you 120 bucks or something, right? Always buy the double the size that you think you'll need. If you think you only need a terabyte, buy two because you're going to fill it pretty quickly, particularly when you come on a workshop with Matter Eye. Um, but... Those should be plugged in your computers at all time. And then when you come to download your photographs, directly store them onto those external hard drives. Via you should Lightroom, have no, yeah. you, you download via, them via can, Lightroom onto those hard can, drives. Yeah? You can yeah. use Lightroom to do that. Um, I would encourage you to do, use Lightroom because when you're importing using Lightroom, 
you can actually choose the primary or the first hard drive that you want to download to and store those photos. But you can also simultaneously download to the second hard drive as well. Now, why would you need two hard drives? Because you need to back up your photos. It's a bit like saying, um, you know, just having one copy of something. You know, we don't have uh, necessarily, um, oh, this is a bad example. We, I live in a household with five kids most of the time. So we don't have one litre of milk in the fridge. We've got multiple long life containers in the pantry, right? You know what I mean? You always have a, a spare on site. So you want to have... That is, by the, sorry, that is by far the worst example that I've worst. ever heard when you're talking about backing up photos comparing so to UHT so milk. Let's say this. Mm. Matt, how many... Do you have one bottle of wine in your wine cellar, in your wine rack, or do you have multiple bottles? So in my car, I take two... Um, <laughs> it's with it at all times. We call it emergency wine because yeah. you know when you go to someone's house for dinner and you're like, "Did someone have oh, the wine?" And you're like, "Oh my this god, is true. The wine. So anyway, yeah. are you serious that you constantly have wine in your car? I have emergency wine in the car, absolutely. I, I knew there was a reason I liked you. I'm, I'm definitely inviting you over for dinner when you <laughs> when this is all over, and make sure you have at least two of those in the car. Oh, actually, just on like, that, can I just mention? I, I'm going to do a special mention. Um, so Tom and I, I know we're going way off topic here, but we will come back to it very quickly. <laughs> I know, this is this is good. We're following its script. So, yeah, I know, right? I'm glad we're going on this linear pathway well, through Lightroom. would not listen to us if they go, oh, you know, that that's so boring. You know, they didn't get off topic once. They were really <laughs> serious. Then no one made a joke and it went for like half an hour. It was boring as. Oh, God. Well, <laughs> so we, we, I've got, this is like the, my one, if I could say the one amazing thing that's happened to me, I'm going to say, when I say this year, I'm going to, include this in although it's technically not starting this podcast with me that's Um, the obvious answer okay well there's two things i guess um (laughs) so tom and i were lucky enough at the start of this year to be invited to a a mutual um workshop participant but i but i'd say i've known um jeff and lynn now for eons uh through workshops as uh friends and um tom and i uh, along with our partners were lucky enough to be invited to jeff's place start of the year to do a grange lunch so talking about that wine this is where our mutual love of wine not just come comes from it's where it comes together for us is that we were lucky enough to experience a grange lunch um, wasn't it amazing and it was and that I was to... my first grange by the way I, oh, I yeah i had not sampled a bottle of penfolds grange I think before it was in 82 it was like, it was just nuts. Anyway. Wow. I thought it was a bit unfair of you, Matt, to rock up with that um, that bottle of Queen Adelaide $2, you know, Aldi special that, as, as a gift That's for the, Jeff. Just a one-in-one-out one system, isn't a little it? Bit of a, a slap in the face. I'm not sure what he's planning to do with that. Maybe just um, pour it down the sink or... Or perhaps cook the next spaghetti bolognese with it. But hey, look, you know, the thought that counts. Isn't that what they say? Yeah, I just, so I was just having them just sitting here just in like remembering that lunch and that amazing yes. steak that Jeff cooked. Anyway, sorry, we're back you to the topic. It was a lunch that lasted about four hours, oh, wasn't it? so good. And it needed to. It needed to. Yeah. You can't write these things. So you're downloading your photographs into Lightroom. I think that's where we were about oh, yeah. 10 minutes ago. Yeah. And you've got them backed up to two external hard drives now if you don't have those external hard drives plugged into your computer and you fire up your lightroom catalog the images are going to show as missing because lightroom can't see those photos it can't point to them lightroom doesn't store the photos it just knows where they are on that external hard drive that you've got plugged in so obviously if it's not plugged in it says they're missing and it shows you that they're missing because in the library view you've got a little uh exclamation mark with inside a box in the top right hand corner saying the photo is missing now if you go to in your menu items if you go to library so you across the top of the page you've got 
file edit library and it might be slightly different for PC versus Mac. I'm on a Mac and you go library, find all missing photos. It's about two thirds of the way oh, down that wow. catalog there. I've never seen that. How you can find them. Now, word of warning, if you do have all the hard drives plugged in and you know that all the photos that you've imported in your Lightroom catalog are on those hard drives that you got plugged in and yet you're still finding missing photos and there's a lot of them, not just a few, because the way you easily correct that is that you click on that exclamation mark in the top right-hand corner. You just copy the name of the file that's missing. You then click locate, okay, and then you go into your Windows Explorer or your Finder and you simply paste that name of that file that's missing into the um, search box and try and find it that way. When you, when you, If and when the computer does find it, just click on that, double click on that um, file and it will re-link it back into your Lightroom catalog. It's probably the worst thing about Lightroom is the fact that Lightroom doesn't store the photos and therefore they can easily go missing. I'm missing so, 904 <laughs> photos, I've just found out. That's not too bad no. out of probably how many thousands in your catalog? I'm down to 153,000. Freaking hell. Yeah. That's not bad. If, if you said to me, I've got 1,000 in my catalog and I'm missing 950, I would say delete all the photographs in your catalog in Lightroom yeah. and just re-import them yeah. knowing that you know where they are so they're not missing. You know what I mean? I've, I've actually counseled quite a few people who have had those issues and it's a lot easier for them just to re-import them knowing yeah. where those photos are. Now, do you okay? think, do you think this is something that, um, cause that was a very technical step through and, um, Sorry. do you think that there's a possibility you could do a quick screen capture and drop that video into the Facebook group? Yes. hundred percent. That'd be cool. Just a little bit of homework to do. Wow. Mm. Well, that's adding value to the listenership, isn't it? I reckon. I reckon. Yep. 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 So we could sort out our Lightroom catalog. We could, um, re-edit some photos, you know, go through, maybe you've done, I know there's a lot of people, and this surprises me because I'm one of those kids in a candy shop. As soon as I've downloaded, as soon as I've taken the photos, I want to download them and I want to look at them straight away. I'm really excited to see them. I think there's some nervousness around the people who perhaps, or time issues as well. I think we talked about this last week. Yeah. Now. But there's, there's, I think there's some professional photographers out there and amateurs that say, I'm too close to the photos. What happens if I've stuffed them up? And I know because I've been there, done that. And you're afraid to look at them because what happens if they haven't turned out as well as you thought they might and you'd just be bitterly disappointed. A bit like when you get the biggest present underneath the Christmas tree and you open it up and you realise it's shit. Yeah. Or, or it was a puppy but it got wrapped up like a week ago. <laughs> I know. Grim. Oh Grim. Don't do that. Yeah. So, you know, you just want to – I don't have that anxiety, which is great. Um, for me and therefore I want to download them straight away but some people don't get the opportunity for whatever reason or choose not to and therefore it is really nice to sit down on a Sunday afternoon listen to our podcast of course listen to all of the back catalogue of our podcast there and uh, and pour yourself a, a nice glass of wine Grange for Jeff and Lynn out there and uh, and of course um, go through your Lightroom catalogue and look at photos that you've either glanced over and forgotten what you took or you haven't looked at it all, then you're going to hopefully find some real gems in there. I reckon that's just like going on another workshop, isn't it? 100%. Or going on another event, adventure. It's like, oh, geez, okay, hold on a sec. And I've done this myself. I, I skim through my photos and I five-star my favorites as soon as I've taken them and uh, downloaded them. But I have practiced uh, that methodology 
it's a big word, myself and um, and gone through my catalog again and surprised myself by finding some really nice pictures that I didn't realize I had. So so there's another one you can do to that, I reckon. There's another, another layer and maybe this is very relevant maybe to those people who have got a bit of anxiety around looking back at their photos in case they feel they stuffed them up. So um, this is something that I do very retrospectively, but I probably wish I did it more, um, wish I had more time to do it. If you were to print photos back, you know, 15 years ago um, and put them in an album, you would have written captions as to what they were and mm. some information around them. And I'm cool. absolutely notorious of having tons of photos in my catalogue. Um, keywording, sure, that's an organisational thing. Um, but there's actually in the library module um, at the bottom under the metadata for photos, you can add captions and titles. And what's really cool with that, I think, is that even if you get a photo that you think, oh, that, you know, maybe didn't quite turn out how you wanted, spend a little bit of time jotting down some notes in the caption, even if it's not like a full-blown, incredibly creative, beautiful caption. Maybe it's just Mm. putting a snippet in there just to remind yourself of what it was like to be in that spot so that when you look back at it, no doubt in six months, 12 months' time, the memories faded a little bit of it, the expectations changed a little, and you might see something better in that photo then than what you, you did at the time. But that little caption is going to take you straight back there. And it's a really creative and interesting way to, um, I guess, to, yeah, in five years' time, you might not remember what was going on. Um, The other one is to use the map feature in there and start to organize your photos out on the map because that's really super cool, especially if you used to travel a lot. Um, You know, this year, not maybe getting out there as much, you could uh, go and plot all those photos out. So, yeah, you can take yourself on a trip around the world. I have not used that map feature much. You obviously have. I haven't, no, but it's very cool. <laughs> okay. It's there. Well, it's not really we relevant to what there, I do we... because, yeah, I mean, to me, I don't – it's it's probably a bit like you, Tom. Like, you know very well the locations that you go to because you usually go there to photograph things, whereas yes. the map feature, I think, is probably very cool for people who go on holidays who tie mm. their holidays into some photography. Yeah. Um, you know, I know that uh, a lot of cameras these days have got GPS options in them. Even if you load your iPhone photos or your Samsung, Android, whatever the yes. hell they are, photos in there, they'll pin out on a map. So if you went for a trip around, I don't know, um, Yellowstone National Park, it'll actually plot your photos on the map, you know, exactly where you were in Yellowstone National Park taking that. Mm-hmm. So it is a very good and cool way to relive those holiday experiences. Yeah. Um, it's it's a little time consuming, um, but it is something you can just work away at as well. And there's some cool filters and stuff you can use inside Lightroom to um to sort of see which ones you've mapped out and which ones you haven't and stuff like that. So, I'm looking at that map right now and I'm seeing two Greenlands, two Australias, two USAs, two Africas, two Russias. There you go. Uh, and Antarctica that looks uh, like it takes over most of the world. But that's okay. Yeah. But it's, it's a really good. cool I think it's a cool it is a cool thing yeah, to do, right. I think. And um okay. yeah, you get to that that's so that, that's another way to I don't want to say say occupied because it's not about wasting time. It's actually a really productive way to do it. Um, I'll yep. also say for anyone out there who's listening who might run a photography business. Um, or mm. who runs a business or has a partner that runs a small business um, mm. and you might be doing the product photography for them at the moment, if mm. you drop the photographs on a map, it will assign in the metadata the GPS coordinates and right. those GPS coordinates will go through onto search engines. So when you search for a photograph in a particular area, um, that that GPS coordinate does tie into it. So if you're a small business or you are a photographer um, doing something for a small business, if you actually plot those photos onto the business address, that will tie into their SEO. Oh, Fun good fact. tip. Yeah. Well done, young man. That's excellent. Like, That's great advice. I like to think at least once a week I come up with something clever to say. <laughs> 
I'm done. And, and, and you've done that extremely well because we have to start wrapping things up. Before we do, you, as you were talking about that map thing, I was just reminded of a mate of mine that I spoke to yesterday who called me on Facebook Messenger. We, we normally just uh, text each other, but he calls and I'm like, okay, mate. I, and, and I won't mention his name because he probably would prefer me not to tell or disclose where he's at at the moment. So I can say where he is, but not his name. I said, where are you? And he goes, well, I'm in Greenland at the moment because I just flew over from Iceland. Oh, how long have you been in Greenland for? Oh, a couple of weeks. Doing aerial photography in a private helicopter. Just because, you know. Just because you can. By the way, that's the third time he's done it. Wow. (laughs) And he's saying to me, you really need to get across here, Tom. You'd absolutely love it because we share a love of aerial photography. And I'm like, yep, I know. I know. You don't need to tell me this. I just said, well, you know, we're just gone into another six weeks of lockdown. Thanks very much for. I'm presuming he's not from from Victoria as well, is he? (laughs) He's he's not. I was going to say. He's taking a private charter out, uh, you know, via Cape York to Papua New Guinea to get to Iceland to get to. Bloody long helicopter flight, I tell you what. Although, if you wanted to, you could ask Nick if you could borrow his helicopter. He might loan it to you he's not using it at the moment so he does not have a helicopter he does bullshit no, that's how he gets to bright you are pulling my leg 100 percent. i've not seen it but he certainly talks about it or like talks as though he has it he's not mentioned it either <laughs> but the way there's that he acts he, there's a difference between talking actually owning something and then talking about as though you've got own it well, he did, he's not mentioned it, but he, the way that he walks around makes it look like he'd have one. And I'm pretty is, sure that's enough evidence at the moment. Is that because he's got his head up his ass? Is that what you're thinking? I don't if he does know. have a helicopter, I'm serious. I'm not talking to him again. He's just a bit posh, you know? He's just a bit yeah. posh. It's his accent, I think, you know? It's that British gentry accent that rubs people up the wrong way. Yeah. And, we, and you know what we like to do here in Australia? We like to cut those people down. <laughs> we like to bring them back to the pack. <laughs> back <laughs> in your we? box. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't you think that you're any better than us just because you're in a private helicopter? Yes, but if uh, yeah, if you do want to borrow that helicopter, if you email nick at bfopaustralia.com and just request it from there, he may just loan it out to you. Right, okay, good. Anyone out there who just needs a little helicopter for an hour or two? Yeah, that's it. Well, you can only oh, have it for an hour at the moment because of restrictions. But, we'll just um, yeah. And, and if you haven't got a license, don't worry about it. Apparently, they're very easy to use. Yeah, yeah, practically, practically a drone. <laughs> a of, um, and, and a couple of light foot pedals and, and off you go. Yeah. Very no. easy. What could go wrong? That's it, that's it. Matt, it's been a blast. Thanks very much for catching up again. Great to hear you from you speak some banter entertain people hopefully we've done that today and uh look forward to catching you on the next episode of matt and tom's excellent podcast don't forget to subscribe team and all the links will be in the description and a few and, a, and if you have enjoyed today a review on itunes oh, Podbean, yeah. or any other would be much much appreciated all right thanks guys catch you later bye